Hello and welcome to Soul Food Podcast, episode number 85. I'm Schmitty. I'm Stark. I'm Donner. I'm Squishy. And I'm Zook. And uh, I'm exasperated. We're barely holding it together. <laughs> uh, I just want to get through this episode so I can get back to my Halo, but we've been sitting we here are... for 50 minutes in a pre-show. Sorry. We are being so professional. <laughs> it, it, it was a short pre-show at that. <laughs> So professional enough that we're going to move right into our sponsors right now. Go! Shout out to our friends at trekradio.net, cryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. Once again, also brought to you by gotomeeting.com. Uh, and I screwed that up. We're brought to you by our friends at gotomeeting with HD faces by citrix.com. I'm just going to add .com to the end of every sentence we have now. Oh. Except for Trek Radio. With GoToMeeting, you can go ahead and open up a video conference with as many people as you want from wherever you want, whenever you want. You have unlimited meetings. You can have up to 16 webcams active in there. And remember, GoToMeeting now allows you to present and launch from an iPad. This is the first time you can do this, which is just insane. No one else has this kind of technology. We want you to be able to try it Try it free for 30 days. We want you to visit gotomeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, enter the promo code PODCAST. Again, that's PODCAST. Our listeners can get it free for 30 days. Try it now. GoToMeeting. Meeting is believing. And that's when we lose a sponsorship right there. Into our show so far. <laughs> you did well. Yeah, we've got a lot of headlines. It's been a busy week. Holy cow. Yeah, very kind of scattershot week. Oh, but before we do get started, we should bring up that you only have one week left from the time of this recording to vote for us for the podcast awards. The 8th Annual Podcast Awards are coming up. Uh, I know a lot of listeners have been out there voting for us, and we appreciate it. Go to podcastawards.com or follow the link uh, from our site and vote for us in the tech section. You can vote once a day, every day, until midnight of the 15th. When sure you vote, they're going to send you an email, and make sure you click on that email to confirm it. Yeah. Yes. This is kind of nice, actually, because I've been involved in contests like these before and, and nominations where they don't have an anti-spam system set up, and you can just see the one per, the one show that had a script set up to just <laughs> spam the vote, so this is kind of nice. But yes, please, we, we beg of you, because without you, our lives are hollow and empty. Vote early and vote often. Oh, uh, that just about jumped into a political joke, but I won't. We're all, we're all, <laughs> we're all sized out. out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, first headline. Or do we have feedback? No, we do not have feedback. We would love to oh, hear from you guys, but feedback at stolendroids.com. Let us know what we're doing, because we don't know. Um, <laughs> apparently, we can take it up as we go. I'm burning this episode as soon as we're done. This will be the lost episode. Um, It'll be buried with all the ET cartridges out in the middle of the desert. <laughs> Microsoft has uh, announced... Well, actually, word came out, kind of uh, leaked out in rumor mill, and then two days later, it was officially announced. They kind of confirmed it. They are killing Windows Messenger. Finally. Finally. Now, again, this used to be Live Messenger, and then it was Windows Messenger, and then it was Windows Live Messenger. Wasn't it like Hotmail Messenger sometime in there? <laughs> yeah, it's all. it's been all sorts of stuff, but it's been the same Messenger for years. Well, they're finally killing it. should be dead by the middle of uh, 2013, and the reason being is because if you remember that not-so-small acquisition of Skype a couple years, uh, a couple months back, almost a year back now. It, it was more than a year, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. it was a while ago, but... Uh, they're going to be moving everyone onto the Skype back end. Huh. 
Because I was going to say, the only time I've used Windows Messenger lately has been in a work environment. So I'm wondering if they're trying to push more companies into Skype, and I'm wondering if Skype's going to be secure enough for some company use. Squishy, what was that you were going to say? Any idea if that'll impact the Messenger for Xbox Live? You know, I wonder if they're going to do that. Interestingly here, I almost think this is the backwards way to do it. I would kill the Skype name and use its technology to run the Messenger name, because Messenger's baked into Windows, it's baked into Xbox, it's baked into everything. Whereas Skype, you have to actually launch a separate application. Yeah, but however, Skyping has, Skype has become a verb. It's like Googling. And it's not necessarily the application, it's the act of chatting via the internet. Right. And Skype's been on Big Bang Theory. It's been on various news programs when they, they, they have people Skype in from remote locations and stuff. So I don't know. I, I'm curious to see how they're going to take this and how businesses are going to react. Yeah, because Skype has the brand name at this point, and as you guys just mentioned, Windows Messenger has been called everything but you know Messenger Starship at this point. Or messenger airplane. <laughs> it's also been called everything but good. Exactly. So it has a bad reputation, and the name's been jumping around so darn much. Go to Skype, which is the brand name that people accept and respect. Well, not just that. I, I sit there and I watch my TV shows, and I'm watching Burn Notice, and the two characters are sitting there setting up an op, and they're on video conference, and right there in the corner, Skype. I'm watching Covert Affairs, and she's talking with her, her sister, and and her nieces, and right there in the corner, Skype. It's on every TV show. It's on every movie now. I'm watching it, Revolution, and I'm like, uh, oh, never mind. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the dreaming about Skype. <laughs> yeah, Man, guys, wasn't it good when we used to be able to Skype? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and the kids are like, what? <laughs> yeah, there's the episode that'll never happen. <laughs> uh, did, with, this, with this move on Microsoft's part, are they going to be killing Office Communicator as well? Office Communicator has actually been dead for a little while now. They've uh, had a, they have Link Server. It's Link, yeah. Yeah, Link Server uh, replaced it. And oh, I that's think, right. I think they're actually planning on renaming that as well and just tying it into the Exchange Suite. So this is a move to a huge unification. I, I had forgotten about that. Yeah, you're, you're a couple of years behind there, man. <laughs> the last, the last place I worked at that didn't use Skype as the primary method for communication uh, was the U.S. government and they were on Office Communicator and it was a very old version of Office Communicator and and so, you know, when you're running stuff that's years old anyways, I... I, Whatever. We we forgive you. If if, if, if the listeners have... And I demand retribution. If if the listeners haven't been able to tell, Zoner is actually coming to us from 1940s over (laughs) AM... You know, broadband here. He needs to change a couple of those vacuum tubes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I've got a $170 headset here, and I apparently sound like I'm in a tunnel. You sound like Jackie Robinson is right about to hit a home run. You sound like you're in black and white with bro cream in your hair. Well, Giants win the pennant. Giants win the pennant. Oh, wait, that's this year, too. I'm (laughs) dialing in in with DSO. Good night, and good luck. (laughs) <laughs> I'll be doing a PSA about what to do if you find a landmine. <laughs> That's still actually pretty applicable in certain areas. Yeah. It is. Um, speaking of bad areas, now that's a horrible 
sausage. Sausage. We really want you to vote for us, even though evidently we <laughs> suck at this. But um, November 5th actually holds a historic value to it. This is when Guy Fawkes attempted to overthrow Parliament uh, in, in Britain by blowing it up. Well, evidently, evidently, um, anonymous. Those hackers who wear the Guy Fox Max masks actually knew that somehow, and orchestrated a worldwide hacking spree on November fifth. They went after everyone. Is this their version of Devil's Night? Well, my guess is they either a have an intricate knowledge of European history and the political ramifications of rebellion. Or B, they watched V for Vendetta and thought it was kind of cool. My money on B. Yeah. They probably stole it, too. C. <laughs> they pirated it. <laughs> Just to really stick it to the man. Yeah, so they replaced NBC.com. Um, they said that they were able to access PayPal and got 28,000 usernames. PayPal saying that they don't have any record of any leak. So maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Um... Another group of hackers... If they're good, there would be no record. Another group of hackers actually went after someone really interesting. It's our old friend Kim.com. Yay. Yeah, (laughs) of uh, Mega Upload. Well, Mega Upload was shut down by the feds, as we all know. He relaunched the site as (laughs) me.ga. Get it? Mega? Yeah. In any case, so um, a hacker group stole the site, shut down the domain, took ownership of it. Except they're different than other hackers. They are basically pirates. They are now holding the site for ransom, and they will sell the site to whoever wants to buy it. They're actually trying to get Universal to buy it. Universal Studios. Arr, we'll make the, we'll make the site walk the plank if there, nobody takes it. <laughs> I didn't actually know you could hold anything digital for ransom. This is really interesting to me. Doesn't that kind of defeat the whole purpose of internet piracy? Because the whole purpose of internet piracy was supposed to be everything should be free, information should be free. Aren't they kind of, well, words I probably shouldn't use in a family podcast for trying to charge for information that was supposed to be free? Well, it's it's not even that. It's like, what's to keep anyone from just repointing the DNS anywhere else? How do you hold a domain name hostage? Well, you know, the domain is registered in the country of Gabon. Gabon? Gabon, Gabon I think Gabon. it is. Gabon. Wait, How many ISPs are James there? Gabon. Yeah, I mean, they're probably, it's probably like a gorilla doing it with some coke that's maintaining their servers or something. <laughs> they're actually occupying the chicken shack where the servers are stored. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize to any of our listeners who may be from the proud nation of Gabon with its history of... Or if you're in a chicken shack. Or those chicken shack listeners. Yeah, we, we don't have anyone from Gabon because they've never showed up in our analytics. Because until this story broke, I didn't know that was a real country. I, I have actually lived in Africa. I can imagine the server inside the chicken shack. I, I, can, <laughs> I can totally see that. You got some kid running around with four Buffalo Bills t- Super Bowl t-shirts. All all the chicken flapping is actually the cooling process for the servers. It's very heat efficient. Yes. So, um, dearkim.com, maybe you want to just try and maybe stop this whole internet thing because you don't seem to be doing so great at it lately. 
Not lately. No, definitely not. Yeah. Try using Dropbox. <laughs> yeah, the internet keeps owning Kim.com. Maybe you should change his last name to .net or something. <laughs> dot dot see, if, see if he can get some respect. Dot .biz.tv. <laughs> That's how you know it's legitimate. Okay, um, Microsoft, um, hot on the heels of its launch of Surface, you might remember, is its tablet. They, there is rumor that they are actually working on a 7-inch tablet. Because, of course, who doesn't have a 7-inch tablet nowadays? Oh, I'm sorry. Apple doesn't. Um, they have a 7.9. 7. <laughs> <laughs> you had me there for a second. <laughs> but, um, interestingly, they're talking about not making this a Windows 8 one, per se, but an Xbox tablet. Surface. Mm. They'd, make it, they'd call it the Xbox Surface. Now, this is interesting to me on many fronts. One, in that Microsoft has actually become a very competent and very powerful gaming company, which is not something any of us would have guessed ten years ago. Definitely not. And two, it's the only one that doesn't have a handheld console. Yeah, but is that necessarily a bad thing? Because the Sony's console is really hanging on by a thread. Nothing can really compete against the DS. Then you also have the competitor now of iPhones and Androids going into the handheld market. I don't. So I don't think really it's a bad a thing. I don't think there's a need, and that's what I'm kind of confused about. Because a seven-inch Surface tablet would be kind of cool. A seven-inch Xbox tablet, on the other hand, I'm wondering where the need is, is on that one. I, I kind of wonder if they're they're. I mean, with micro with. With smart glass and everything that they're trying to integrate between the Xbox and the Windows world, I think this will be even a, a stronger gateway between your at, between the Xbox and you sitting on the couch, uh, kind of kind of like a a peripheral of your Xbox. I don't know if it's going to be a standalone ta- uh, gaming device, but they haven't said anything about it, so we don't really know. But I I can imagine if it's if it's a peripheral, like an add-on to an Xbox. Yeah, kind of like a Wii U controller? Exactly, yeah. kind of a, a their answer, not to the Game Boy, but to the Wii U. Yeah. Use it to call plays in Madden or... Uh, Which is what smart glass is supposed to do, but if, if sure. you can get a cheaper device, but you don't have to go buy a phone just so your kids can, can play on the Xbox, you know, that's... I don't know. A tablet that seems to be limited to only... Uh, game console functions, however, no matter what the functions are, seems like a, a a waste of a tablet. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like like we said, we do we don't know much about it. So as right. as we learn more about it, I, I I'm sure it'll start to make more sense. I want to know what our listeners think about that. Feedback at stolendroids.com. Uh, regardless of if you would use a seven inch tablet, would you use a seven inch tablet? whose primary function is based around gaming or integration with a game console. Or would you need a tablet that has gaming as its primary function but still has all those other neat things tablets have? Yeah. Hey, um, speaking of not 7-inch tablets... <laughs> we get a lot of Apple news. Yeah, we do. Well, we usually do. I, I would dare say that uh, since in the 85 episodes we've recorded, Apple has probably hit our headlines more than any other company. Yep. Hmm. Sony let the had the lead there for a while. 
Yeah. yeah. I love them, but Apple's at least always interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, they have speculated that they have sold 1.5 million iPad minis since launch. That's amazing. Wow, that many Kool-Aid drinkers. Yes. That number actually came uh, from the opening weekend of the iPad mini. They reported selling 1.5 million iPad minis, and in that same period, an additional 1.5 million iPads. The new iPads, the, the fourth-gen iPads. So that's, what, roughly a billion dollars in sales in three days? Yeah, that, that Apple's not hurting for money. <laughs> That's not bad. Is there any way no. we can just have like them run our treasury department? <laughs> well, it would only work with Apple money. And, uh, <laughs> well, it's getting to the point where money is going to just become Apple money here pretty quick. It'll yeah. just be iMoney. You'll just be paid in iTunes gift cards. Either that or Mickey Mouse is going to own the other half of everything else. So the back of the bill is Mickey Mouse high-fiving Steve Jobs. You know, when a lot of authors wrote about the future dystopian fascism that would take over America, I'm pretty sure this is not uh, what they had in mind. <laughs> they, they thought it was some oppressing military state or whatnot. No, it's just going to be Mickey Mouse and, and an apple. And then considering <laughs> apple and legal news... Yeah, so um, we haven't talked about patent trolls for a while, but there's one particular patent troll who is one of the most heinous. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce this name, which is how you know Ver- it's a fake Vernix? company. Vernix? Vernetics. Vernetics. Vernetics, okay. Yeah. Uh, Vernetics bought patents from another company after FaceTime was launched by Apple. FaceTime, of course, is the... Um, the video conferencing that's built into all iOS devices now. Um, Skype had it first. Apple made it a little bit more accessible. And this company went out and found something that was like it, bought the patent to that, and then sued Apple saying, your product infringes on this patent that we just bought. That we bought specifically so we could sue you. Mm-hmm. Well, a judge unfortunately sided with them, uh, and Apple is now ordered to pay $368 million. Which, on on one hand, is like a drop in the bucket for them. When you have a $14 billion war chest, this isn't going to kill the company. But on another hand, it just encouraged Vernetics, which sounds like either a a male potency cream or a disease. And and (laughs) probably other companies, too. So they're going back after Apple again for more. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have cases against up, Cisco and Avaya as well. Yeah, it, it turns out that uh, when you have a certain brand name like the iPhone, someone's going to find something similar and say, well, no, it's too close to my thing. There was a Mexican telecom company called iPhone, I F O N E, <laughs> which was, um, uh, I, I don't know how big they are in Mexico, but apparently a Mexican judge said, no, you. These guys had it first, so now Apple has... I don't know if Apple has to rename their iPhone in Mexico or what, so... Yeah. Now, well, and- well the, the good news for Apple, though, is they were just... And this isn't in the show notes, but they were just awarded a patent on a rectangle with rounded corners. So they're going to be able to sue the pants off everyone and make their money back in the problem. Yeah, they, they no joke. They just won the patent for a basic geometric shape. A rectangle with rounded corners. 
Wow. I'm looking around my uh, my TV, my phone, my laptop, my TV remote, the picture frames on the wall behind me. Uh, some hard drives. <laughs> yeah, we so talked about this last everything. week about how vague some of these patents were. Patent descriptions. The DVD cases, for heaven's sakes. Everything's going to have a wobbly shape now just because of Apple. <laughs> <laughs> they, were corners. they were awarded the patent because, you know, why not? <laughs> How many people are going to lose their eyes now when they accidentally bump the corner of their tablet into their eye in bed, you know? I mean, it's going to be sharp. You can't have it round anymore. We are so worried about our tablet looking like a rounded rectangle that might resemble the iPad that we've made it into an octagon. It'll be the world's problems. It'll be the world's first trapezoidal tablet. <laughs> Did you guys see um, that episode of The Office where they came out with the triangle-shaped tablet? No. Yeah. <laughs> they might be onto something. <laughs> well, with how much how much legal experience Apple has had, you think they would know well enough not to mess with the courts either? Uh, one of the articles I put in is that. You remember that court-ordered apology that Apple had to do? Well, they put it on their website. And then they wrote a script that would calculate the size of your web browser, how big of the screen it took, and then put the apology just below the fold of your browser so you wouldn't see it immediately. Hmm. Kind of skirting the legality. Well, and wasn't that the second one? Because the first one they put on their site and worded it in such a way that a UK judge recently ruled that Samsung's products were not as cool as Apple. And so Samsung did not copy their designs from us. Mm-hmm. And the judge is like, um, no. You know, this is the one. Yeah, this is the one about the Samsung. Mm-hmm. Well, and so then they like, came back and said, no, you have to redo it again. Well, and so why why even try to forcibly hide it? I mean, I can understand if it was like at a certain point on the, bra- on, the, on, the on the site, and maybe some people's browsers are big enough to see it, and maybe some of them aren't. But when you specifically write a script to say, put this below the fold, and by the way, the fold basically means you have to scroll down to see it. It's like, wait a second, you're, you're kind of towing the line there of, of being in contempt here. So, ah, wow. Okay, I guess they got plenty of money yeah I mean this seems just like them just trying to be dicks just to be dicks and that's Uh, why I said they're not following Will Wheaton's mantra yeah I mean granted I I can understand you don't want to have to publicly admit okay yeah we sued someone we probably shouldn't have sued you don't want that on your website but you might as well just take your punishment and get over with it you know um, the more the more you drag it out, the more people are going to find out about it, and the more bad publicity it's going to get. And yeah, possibly, didn't the lawyer do that against the oatmeal ones. Yeah. Uh, now, possibly as a result of this, we've been seeing for the first time in a long time Apple stock starting to fluctuate and actually sink back down. Well, we were talking about how a lot of people were wondering if Steve Jobs would have done the iPad Mini or not. Well, yeah, we talked about the iPad Mini, we talked about Siri, we talked about Maps, we talked about uh, a whole bunch of different stuff on it, but between that, the PR disasters surrounding Foxconn, 
which even though it's unwarranted because a lot of different companies use Foxconn, Apple's name has kind of become tied to that whole debacle over there. Um, between everything that's been going on, between the forced apologies, the court orders and whatnot, we're actually seeing their stock drop. They had a 20% drop since their peak in September, which is a large amount when you think about it. I wonder if, I mean, part of me wonders if, okay, is this finally the economy catching up to Apple? Because we've been talking about this for weeks. The economy in the tech world has really been hard, and that every other company is losing money hand over foot. So is it the economy finally catching up to Apple, or is it a result of a loss of consumer confidence with all these different change-ups? Maybe it's a little of both. Or is it... or is it that they finally I, I, reached such a level of market saturation? I mean, the, the only person right now on, the, on this podcast panel that has it right now it would be Squishy. Squishy has an iPad and an iPhone. Mm-hmm. And I believe your wife has an iPhone as well, correct? Yep. My wife has an iPhone, and we both have older iPads. Yeah. I, I think it's more of the market saturation option. Because you're not going to buy any more, right? Exactly. You can only have so many of the devices. Which is per kid, right? You know, <laughs> which is why I kind of wonder about that stat that Google keeps throwing around. You know, we found that we're activating fifteen quadrillion Android devices daily. It's like, are you like reactivating the same ones over and over again, or, or well, what? You look, <laughs> you look at the numbers, and I something just came out today saying that the Samsung Galaxy S three has now usurped Apple's iPhone as the most popular smartphone on the market and so I mean if if people are leaving their Apple devices their iPhones and whatnot and going to Android I could see that and that also would contribute to the pain that Apple is feeling on their stock prices yeah that would would make a lot of sense I I I am going to hold off the whole doomsaying. I know that I seem to be very popular with that. I doomsay every other company. I'm going to hold off in this case because I don't really think that Apple's going to slip so far that it's going to be in trouble. I think we're finally now seeing them peak from the whole original launch of the iPhone. I think they've now hit a point, and all their competitors have hit a point, that they no longer have the domineering stranglehold on everything that's cool in the tech world anymore. Or maybe they still do, but people just can't afford it anymore. (laughs) Sure, and I think it's not like I heard a few weeks ago people were complaining about the the NFL playing games in London and people complained about the distance and travel and whatnot. But I heard someone comment that you know they've really gotten as big as they can in the U.S. They had to look for other markets. For Apple there aren't really other markets out there that they haven't jumped on. So mathematically, they can only get so big before the bubble has to maybe not burst, but definitely contract a little bit. Yeah. I mean, because it's it's, if you look at it, there's, what, like 5 billion people on the planet now? Now are we up to 7 billion? You can't, 7 billion. You can't expect everyone on the planet to have an Apple device unless Apple's decided to start selling things for free. They're going to hit a point where they just can't sell anymore. And that's what I was just thinking. Like, I'll take an iPad if somebody hands me one for free, you know, and I'll play with it for a little while. I don't know how how, how long-term I use it, but I'd, I'd at least use it. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I, I've acknowledged that part of my love for my iPad is probably colored by the fact that it was a present. Yeah. You know, oh, it's yeah. It's wonderful. I, I, I love my iMac. 
<laughs> I got it for free. Exactly. That when when you had an iPad, you loved it. It was just the right price. Yeah, three ninety nine is a great thing for a uh, for such a piece of technological wonder. Buy now, we'll take the ninety nine off. Yes. Um, moving on into Microsoft news again, we seem to be ping ponging between them. Um, hey, remember how we've always talked about how Microsoft and Europe don't get along? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's either they hate them or they hate Google. It turns out that. Um, they might actually like Windows 8. Yeah. Which is the Maybe first... they like all the pretty colors. <laughs> they which... also like smelly cheese and Jerry Lewis. Yeah, so... I was about to say, which could be the... Which some people could take as the first sign that Windows 8 is bad. It's so hey, bad that I even like the Europeans like it. <laughs> you like smelly cheese with Jerry Lewis? No, I don't care for Jerry Lewis. But I do enjoy a good stinky cheese. Hey, lady, I like your Windows 8! No, um, sorry. <laughs> I'll See, just apparently, bleep uh, that in out. America, there's only been a 3.4 percent adoption rate, but uh, in let's see, places such as Hungary, and Portugal, there's been as much as nine percent uh, or five percent uh, adoption rate, and and China is also adopting really quickly too. So it. I, which is funny because remember, if you guys remember when uh, Microsoft was doing the huge XP hunt, uh, China was just you know, riddled with Windows XP installations. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting that they're switching over and are adopting Windows 8 at such an accelerated pace, leaving the U.S. in the dust. Well, and I yeah. also wonder, China is similar to Apple, that they're so big that it's kind of hard to wrap their head, wrap your head around how big they are. So I'm wondering if the adoption rate is just skewed by the size of the nation and with such a fast-moving economy that you know, if just by sheer numbers, they're throwing off the curve. Except for the fact that they're doing it by percent rate. The number of computer users versus the number of computer users adopting Windows 8, not overall flat numbers. No, but is it talking about uh, first-time adopters or people who are upgrading from uh, 7 to 8? Or is yeah. it you know, new computers that are activating with 8? That's a good question, to which I do not have an answer. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I can kind of see how it's being adopted so quickly because once people see or or hear firsthand how how quickly the the upgrade is and how smooth the upgrade from Windows Seven to Windows Eight is, it, they jump on it like uh, like jelly beans. I've I've I know I've converted at least eight people at work over to Windows Eight just from my firsthand account and showing them how it works. And it's you know. Aside from getting used to the start menu, it's it's a huge improvement, and people are starting to see that. And and this is not necessarily trying to turn this into a uh, into a Windows 8 article here, but uh, <laughs> I, I will say this about it: it is the best Band-Aid pull in the technological world. Okay. The install is so fast, and it's so it's just done. It's like here, you want to do this, want to do this, want to do this, want to keep your settings. Great, okay, I'm done, and there's no way you can undo me. It's just kind of that, just close yeah. your eyes, pull the Band-Aid, it's done, and you know what? You're stuck with the results. And, every, and, and, even, and the, works. even the critics I've read the reviews on saying, I didn't like this, I didn't like this, and then after two days of using it, I figured, well, I just better figure out how to use it, and now I adore this, and I can never go back. And that is kind of the feeling across the board. See, I'd well, say maybe no, instead of a Band-Aid metaphor, it's more of a, 
you know, hold your breath, embrace it, because this is going to be interesting sort of uh, thing. I, I've had when I've had. Do you trust me? Bill. Will you respect it's, me in the morning? Uh, I don't think so. I've had Windows 8, the preview build, running on my laptop for about a month and a half, two months now, and I absolutely hate it. Uh, maybe I just need you to come over and actually teach me how to use it, but <laughs> I, I, we, we've talked before that I'm by far the lowest tech-functioning person on this panel. I, I do think, though, that I may better represent the average computer user. Um, I am not a fan, and I'm actively now trying to get back to Windows 7. So I can only imagine someone like my mother or my mother-in-law trying to use it. It would make their head spin. Well, you know, I thought that too, Squishy, uh, but I actually installed Windows 8 on both my computer and my wife's computer this weekend, Mm -hmm. and I thought within 20 minutes she would be asking me to put Windows 7 back on. And she sat down, and 20 minutes later she's like, Holy crap! This is awesome. I love this. I, 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 I was amazed because she's, she's kind of slow to accept new technology. So, mm-hmm. well, it may just be. I mean, I remember the first time I tried to use Windows XP after having used Seven for quite a while, and it was a dinosaur by comparison. So maybe that yeah. will be the case, uh, and and maybe I just need to figure out some more of the the tricks. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I'm not really thrilled. And I, I think for the most part, I, I experienced the preview build uh, and the release candidate. Um, the full release ha- is has loads more improvement, a uh, lot faster. Um, now, these the stats that we got were uh, we got these stats from a PC optimization software called Saludo, which helps you increase your boot time. And I have used Saludo. Like it is it is very good, actually. Saludo is really good. Um, and, and they're saying that uh, Windows 8 crashes less than, than Windows 7. Um, mm-hmm. it, uh, it, it boots up faster. It, it, anyone who installs Windows 8 will see firsthand how fast it boots. Um, but and it they've cra- actually put it in here that it's 84% less frustrating. <laughs> hmm. It's interesting how they how they get that stat too. I mean, people with with Saludo, you have you have firsthand like you have a, the ability to give real time feedback, mm-hmm. and I guess they're getting a lot happier feedback <laughs> with Windows Eight. So it's kind of interesting to see the, the way it's going. Yeah. All right. Um, into completely different headlines. Uh, Netflix is quietly taking a taking on damage. Netflix, it's taking a small war yeah. here. Yeah, there, there's 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 a guy who, by the name of Carl Icahn, I C A H N, and I've, if I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize. But apparently, he's known for hostile takeovers. He's got his sights on Netflix. Apparently, he sees it as a big money maker for him. And uh, you know, he, he this is the same guy who took over TWA. He attempted to take over U.S. Steel and a few other companies like that. He, had, he attempted to buy Time Warner and Marvel. attempted to buy Marvel. And, uh, yeah, basically, uh, he's, he's like, ooh, look at this Netflix. This is something I want. <laughs> so he's a troll. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you see it, there's a picture of him in the, in the article, and he does. He, he looks like a troll doll. <laughs> At first, I thought it was Mel Brooks, to be honest with you. He, he looks yeah. like an angry Mel Brooks. <laughs> As opposed to sleeping Mel Brooks. <laughs> now, if if he if he's actually a troll, why does he sound like an Indian? Like an actual troll. Oh, 
Wow. wow. It just sounded like an actual troll. <laughs> was that intentional, or did you mean I to think do that creepy was, silent voice? I, I, well, he just screamed but... Uh... Yes, yes, that was intentional. Okay, <laughs> you can't do that when your connection is that bad, because... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you, sound, you sounded like a Cylon with a tracheotomy. Yeah, I see, Zoder's been taken over by Cylons again. <laughs> so, Cylons. Cylons with a smoking problem. <laughs> all right, so Benedict Cumberbatch has basically been all over the place. We love Mr. Cumberbatch. Yeah, yeah he, he, he's going to be in the new Star Trek movie. He's been on uh, Sherlock. Uh, Sherlock. Uh, he's going to be. He's going to be in the in the Hobbit. He's going to be in, in a few different things. Well, apparently, all a bunch of the Pythons are getting back together to make a movie. It's not an official Python movie, but apparently, they're going to have Benedict in that movie as well. So, kind of like chocolate and peanut butter going together. <laughs> nice. And then, of course, after last week's news about uh, Disney taking over Star Wars and everything else in our childhood, rumors have been flying fast and furious this week that Hasbro was their next target, was the mouse's next target. And apparently the owners of Hasbro have come out and said, no, we're not aware of any talks. So either this is the rumor before the storm or there's nothing really happening. <laughs> I mm, yeah, I don't see that actually happening. Too much competing properties across the board, actually. Well, that and also Disney just made a huge purchase. They don't need another splash like this. In fact, if anything, not that they're hurting for money, but they really should start making some money off of their acquisitions. And that's why they announced Star Wars, the new Star Wars movie, already. So it kind of seems like they're becoming the Google of, of Hollywood, where they're they're just making so many acquisitions that they don't know what to do with them. <laughs> yeah, but like we said last time, they're not dumb. You know, no. they they wouldn't go and buy Lucasfilm and spend all that money, and before they've had a chance to regain any of that lost capital or stabilize the new structure, go out and do it again. Yeah. Yeah, that, it, that's just not soon. their mo. Yeah, it's no. too soon. May, I could see it maybe in four or five years or so, but I don't see it now. And I actually, I don't even know if it's even going to happen. So I actually could see it now because the Hasbro license it includes Battleship, which, while critically panned, was a massively successful movie, and it includes Transformers. Michael Bay's already said he's working on a fourth one, and for better or worse, you know that's going to make a whole bunch of money. So there is a certain amount of striking while the iron's hot, iron's hot for going after the Hasbro license. It's hmm. true. Yeah. So. And quickly now, in additional entertainment news that will surely make people all throughout the internet happy, Doctor Who is joining the Clone Wars to fight with the Jedi. Sort of. Yeah, so David Tennant. Yep, this Sunday, on a new episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars, David Tennant, who played the 10th incarnation of Doctor Who, will be playing, I apologize for the mispronunciation, Hu Yang, a droid who works for the Jedis, overseeing the construction of lightsabers. Uh, it's apparently going to be And he's going to sit there and go... Story. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure a sonic screwdriver will somehow be involved in the construction. Maybe a little bow tie twirling and uh, glasses being put on. I was just going to say, I still want to see a lightsaber hilt that looks like a sonic screwdriver. Well, I, I was gonna, I was gonna wait for this droid to say, "I'm, I'm so sorry. I, 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 I am not always sorry, but when I am, I am so sorry." <laughs> That's yes. very cool. He's actually my favorite doctor so far of the new. Well, my, my daughter was mad when she found out he was, uh, he was stepping down. Yep. Well, <laughs> I'm still a Chris Eccleston man. We are off into our commercials. We will see you right after the break. 
In today's world, it can be hard to find time to spend with a good book. That's where the guys at Open Book Audio can help. Open Book Audio offers a large selection of pre-recorded audiobooks for you to enjoy while driving to work, working out, or any other time you feel like enjoying a good story. Open Book Audio not only has pre-recorded audiobooks, but can also help you record your self-published book as well, giving authors another way to distribute their stories. Their fast professional service combined with affordable pricing ensure your book is made with the highest quality. So no matter if you're an author or a reader, Open Book Audio has what you need. You can visit them on the web at openbookaudio.com. That's openbookaudio.com. Open Book Audio. Your story out loud. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast. Uh, Zook, wait. Um, I can never remember when I can hear the Stolen Droids Podcast. Well, you can start out the week with us on TrekRadio.net every Monday at noon Eastern Standard. Okay, but what if I miss it on Monday? Well, then you can catch us Tuesday on CryptonRadio.com, 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Ooh, and if I miss it then too? Well, you can always find us on iTunes and play us anytime from your iPod or iPhone. Well, you know I don't own any Apple stuff. Okay, then you can stream us to your Android device from Stitcher.com, on demand whenever you want. Smeg. I don't have any room left on my Android. You can always listen to us at StolenDroids.com. Um, but... You're not (sighs) trying very hard at this, are you? StolenDroids Podcast. It's kind of hard to avoid. Hey, this is Jonathan Colton, and you're listening to the Stolen Droids Podcast. Or is it the Stolen Droids Podcast? I don't know. <laughs> and we are back, right into our fast lanes. First off, Pixar has decided to name its main building after the late Steve Jobs, who helped found the corporation in 1986. They were originally going to name it the You Are Holding It Wrong Business Center, but decided that was too long to write on an envelope. And Microsoft is paying gamers in Xbox Live... You know, they're paying with Xbox Live points to play Halo 4 at a rate that comes out to be about $0.05 cents per hour. See, Mom, I always told you that playing hours and hours of video games would pay off. Yet another study tolls the dangers of video games. <laughs> Just kidding. It actually says if you want to be smarter, play video games. And confusion about The Hobbit being filmed at 48 frames per second has led to an actual FAQ dealing detailing what it is, what it means, and where you can see it or avoid it. At what point will it be cheaper for the audience to just make their own version of the Hobbit with puppets instead of paying the latest increase in ticket prices? The first openly whored gamer has come to the main state Senate. Acknowledged MMO player and level level 85 rogue Colleen Lekowitz is one of the newest members of the main state Senate. True story. She won the election. She posted the Final Fantasy victory song to her Facebook page. Uh, In news that is surprising to almost no one, the USA Network has renewed their highly regarded series Burn Notice for a seventh season, which will put the episode total over 100. For a Burn spy, Michael Weston sure gets a lot of work. As a sign that it truly is the end of days, a Rage comic posted on Reddit actually may have saved a man's life. The comment originally making fun of a guy for messing around with an unused pregnancy test and having it come back positive led commenters to explain that such a result could actually be a symptom of testicular cancer and urged him to have it checked out. Turned out they were right. Seems that for every 100 million hours spent on Reddit, one life is saved. Alright, the ElfQuest movie rights have been bought by... Dun-dun-dun! The team that did the fan film. Hey, I'm okay with this. And it's official. After less than a year, Star Wars The Old Republic is going free-to-play on November 15th. 
Apparently the Force was not strong with this one. And while he may not have written a concession speech, Team Mitt Romney had already created a transition site for the early days of President Romney. And normally that wouldn't be a problem. However, a staffer accidentally made the site live Tuesday night, even as President Obama was announced the winner. It's like Dewey defeats Truman all over again. Only, you know, online. <laughs> and finally, NASCAR drivers are half as likely to participate in social media with their fans as other sports leagues. Now, this shouldn't be a problem, because aren't we encouraging them not to text and drive? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, we um, we left ourselves not as much time for a talking point as we normally do. And the main reason being is because our talking point this week um, isn't so much a talking point as it is us trying to advertise, sort of. This is something that's really good, though. Okay. Near and dear to our hearts, Krypton Radio, uh, who... Uh, broadcast us every Tuesday and Saturday, and broadcast our episodes of Stolen Droids Presents on Thursdays. By the way, they, they moved us to Thursdays. Um, they are starting up a Kickstarter. Now, the reason why this is important enough and warranting us to talk about it is because um, sites like these, which are dedicated to geek sites and geek interests, are typically run entirely out of pocket. They're not the only ones... Trek Radio has done things like this. You know, they've all... Everyone starts somewhere. And these guys have been great. They've been... They've helped us out. They've been there for us. And we want to help give back. So we would like to explain to you what Kickstarter is and how you can help. It's a really neat idea. And I think one of the reasons why it's a neat idea is because you get to support what you would really like to see... I mean, anybody can come up with it with it with an idea, and either some people are going to think it's really cool, or some people are going to say maybe not, you know, and stuff like that. One good example of this is that I just watched a horror film that was filmed in Australia called The Tunnel. It's available on uh, YouTube for free because of the fact that they started this movie with as a Kickstarter, and they made enough to make the movie. So since they've already made their money back on it. They've went ahead and released it. It's out there and for people to see. So it's a product like this. When you support it, it gets it out there. So this is something we want to support. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we should probably actually backpedal a lot. There's probably a lot of people out there who have heard the phrase Kickstarter thrown around. Who, who wants to cover actually handling what Kickstarter is and how crowdsourcing works or crowdfunding Okay, uh, I will. <laughs> uh, We're so professional at this. We rock. <laughs> We're all doing rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock right now, and nobody can see each other's hands. <laughs> we really do want that award for best tech podcast, though, because we are so professional. So crowdsourcing uh, is a, not a new idea, but in case you're not really familiar with it, the idea is, is that someone, anyone, can post an idea saying, this is what I want to do. This is my plan to make this happen. I think I could do this with this amount of help, and I'm looking for this level of funding. And people can go Didn't in Larry there. Larry Cornea from Monster Hunter International actually comment about that on his uh, on his interview with us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Larry Cornea actually did it for uh, Monster Hunter Nation uh, for the Monster Hunter International Handbook. Um, it's a it's a game they made, and he met his funding. The Tesla Museum uh, that the Oatmeal did. They, they surpass their budget. Um, but the idea is that everyone can donate whatever they feel like donating to whatever projects they want to do. And this really helps a lot of independent projects that normally wouldn't see the light of day get funded and get created. Um, 
Yeah, because it, in nowadays when you want to start up a, a project or or a business, you have to try to get a business loan. You have to either find a venture capitalist or an angel capitalist that that will will back your your business. But here with crowdsourcing, you're having you know hundreds of people, maybe even thousands of people donate five bucks each, twenty bucks each, and it really helps get all these small projects and small businesses off the ground. Yeah, when you've got a thousand people each kicking in twenty, fifty, a hundred bucks, it adds up really fast. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of like those old PBS telethons we used to see that would preempt Red Dwarf every couple of months. You know? I, I was but actually just thinking that, we're, except we're not showing Anna Green Gables, <laughs> and we're not giving away a mug that has the, uh, the the TARDIS disappear when you fill it with hot water. I love that no. mug. But, but that, is, that does bring up a good point because they, each of these Kickstarter projects, they have different um, levels of pledges. Perks, so, like if you if pledge you five dollars or more, you get you get this. If you pledge ten dollars, you'll get this. They'll throw in different perks depending on how much you you uh, pledge, and so it kind of gets people to pledge more. Whereas if if I was going on to pledge five dollars, but I see that well the twenty five dollar level, I will get this and this and this. I'll pledge $25 instead. It kind of gets people to pledge more for something they want to see. And you're not charged the money if the if the project, you know, doesn't doesn't meet their funding, so you're not losing out on any money off the bat. So, it's pretty it's a pretty good idea. There, there's, there's how many different, you know, crowdsourcing companies or, or groups like this? There's Kickstarter and isn't there like a few others? No, there's Indiegogo. I yeah. know there, I know there's a, quite a few out there. Those are the two I know of. Kickstarter is quite the larger one, though, and they're the most reputable I personally think of. But so um, let's let's cover this real fast. You can donate a, a minimum of a dollar, which is if you think about it, a dollar with no additional fees. I mean, that's the price. That's less than the price of a uh, of, of a Mountain Dew. That's the price of most apps nowadays. Yeah, I mean, you could either buy an app or you could help donate to what is arguably the only sci-fi comics radio station in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the first perk happens at $6, and I'm not going to give it all away. You're going to have to go to CryptonRadio.com, read the details on the Kickstarter, go ahead. It only has 30 days to happen, and we've actually delayed on talking about this, so it only has 27 days left, which seems like a bad, you know, you have four hours to live joke. But uh, so far, people are already pledging. They're already making. The base goal they're looking for is $6,600. If you think that's a rather specific amount, you can actually go and find out the details because they say exactly why uh, it's $6,600 and what will happen if they reach stretch goals. Now, stretch goals are what happens if we hit $6,600 and surpass it, if you get more well, then we can do these extra things. Now, why do you think people should actually donate to something like Krypton Radio? Let's say you listen to our show directly from the site, or you're on trekradio.net, or you're on iTunes, you're on Zoom, and you've never actually gone to kryptonradio.com. Well, we're not the only show on there. It turns out there's a lot of shows on Krypton Radio, um, and they're all done the same as Stolen Droids is. It's all done out of pocket. Um, we've been doing this show now for over a year and a half. Uh, the site itself has been active for almost five years. And I think in that time, we have generated $8 total from our ads. I thought it was 11 Oh, yes, you're right. We made it up to 11 now. Um, and that's <laughs> fine. You know, we, We're not really bitter about that. We don't really 
care because this is just a, a great hobby and we love doing it for yeah, our we're, listeners. Yeah, we're not doing this for the money. <laughs> yeah. Although if you do want to pay us, we won't say no. Yeah, we would love more <laughs> sponsors. But, um, you know, so we do it out of our pocket. And that's fine for a low-key operation like us. But for someone who's actually streaming and keeping a web presence like Krypton Radio does, um, it starts to get expensive. So a good way of looking at it would probably be like just think of uh, you're donating to the local business. I think it's a good way of putting it. Yeah. All right. Because on the internet, everything is local. If and you then, use and it, and then this has been one of the positive things about the internet. It, it basically it, it's like a PBS fundraiser on the internet. That's actually yeah, a very good way of looking at it. That that is a very good way of looking at it. So, you know, we're going to show you Phantom of the Opera and Les Mis and some, I don't know, some Red Fox or something, and then we'll break in just when it's getting really good. <laughs> and we'll tell you that... We also only heard every fourth money. word that Zahner said there. Um, Sorry, I stuck. Unfortunately, we do not have the TARDIS mug to give you or the amazing PBS tote bag, um, but there are some a lot of other great prizes that are going to be given away and you know you'll have our everlasting gratitude as well because uh what is donated to krypton radio through kickstarter will also help us as well since we are one of their shows and don't you want to help us insert kitty eyes here yeah you don't actually want to see my my sad eyes i'll just revolt you (laughs) but but so that's that and we apologize for making this sound like a, we just turned an entire show into a commercial here but it is an important project that's going on right now we really would like to see everyone contribute we'll be contributing as well um, and we'd really like to see them meet their goal because you know everyone wants to see a geek project like this succeed so definitely well and looking on their site they're getting close yeah uh, they're uh, much more than halfway to their goal with a little over two weeks left so Maybe you could put them over the edge. Are we looking at the same site? Uh, they are not. Uh, oh, well, no, they're not. <laughs> this is the they, they, Squishy would be entirely accurate. Dr. Yeah, Squishy is not a doctor of math. <laughs> huh? All right, well, into our favorites here. Um, mine is a snake that could kill you, but it's not the type of snake... You think it is. It is a gummy snake. It is a 26-pound, 7-foot gummy snake. You could beat people with this. And then eat it. This is true. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's currently sold out uh, for the next couple weeks while they make more. But you can order them online at VAT19 for $150. Which, when you consider that this is enough to feed a small village, that's pretty good. You can order in either blue raspberry and green apple, or red cherry and blue raspberry. They look amazingly lifelike, considering they're a gummy snake. Um, Just the sheer insanity of whoever decided to make something the size of a car. It's only 36,720 calories. This will kill you. It will kill you. I'm just wondering, who sits on their couch and says... I really could go for a 26-pound gummy candy at the moment. Well, who doesn't? I, I, Halo 4 I, just launched. I, what do you think I'm eating? <laughs> <laughs> Actual food? I, Not happen. I, I got to admit, I'd probably eat it. 
I'd probably just get it and just mount it. It's freaking awesome. But anyway, that's my favorite. Go ahead, check it out. Yeah. Okay. Good luck following up Zook mounting a giant snake. I didn't mean it that way. That right there is my favorite of the week. Um, the squishy burn on Zook. Um, actually, no, my favorite this week, uh, speaking of uh, Windows 8, there, one of the big concerns I had when I started uh, really using it is on the start screen, you can't really customize your, your app tiles. Well, n- yes, you can. Some developers over at uh, XDA have come out with a app called, I think it's Oblitile, Oblitile, I'm not sure how to say it. Uh, but it basically allows you to create your own uh, tile for whatever program you want. You can put in whatever image, you can put in the program path, and it works really, really well. Uh, so if you've made the jump to Windows 8 and you're just not quite happy with how your start, your start screen is looking, uh, check this out. It's, it's a very useful program. I'm actually installing it as we speak. <laughs> this will be awesome. So my favorite of the week comes from the world of video games. I am currently the father of a small child who is a little girl. And sure, my, uh, sure enough, my daughter is already a big fan of video games. She likes to watch me play them. She likes to, quote, help me play them. So when I came across this story of a father-daughter who were playing their way through The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker, because it's a Zelda game, there's no spoken dialogue, so the father had to speak all the dialogue for his daughter. Because he was playing with his daughter, he wanted to be special for her, so he changed all of the lines from being masculine to feminine. So he was referring to Lin- Link as a she, or as Milady, or Malass. He decided he wanted to go one step further, so he actually got a digital copy of a GameCube disc image for The Wind Waker, went through and dug around with a hex editor to change all of the story text and dialogue by hand to change it so that Link was a girl. Now, (laughs) I've talked with friends before about the fact that there really are very few positive female role models in video games. So to see, number one, that a dad loved his little girl so much to do this kind of made my heart warm, but also made me think, shouldn't there be more games like this or, or like Mass Effect where there really is that option so that my little girl can see herself on the screen? That made me smile this week. Yeah. You might want to show her no one lives forever. So, very positive female role model on that one. Alright, so my favorite uh, comes from the gang over at How It Should Have Ended. They actually just released this today, in fact, uh, the day that we're recording, the 8th. And um, just in time for the new James Bond movie to be released in the United States, they have released How Casino Royale Should Have Ended. Let me just say the first 15 seconds of this is probably some of the best (laughs) comedic stuff that they've done, Um, especially considering how many James Bonds have been, uh, how many actors have played the James Bond role. Um, But uh, hats off to the uh, How It Should Have Ended gang for... Another very well done How It Should Have Ended cartoon. Nice. Also released today, and my favorite for the week, uh, is the trailer for the new movie for World War Z, uh, based on, uh, loosely based on Max Brooks' novel. It shares a name. Uh, yeah, very <laughs> it shares the name. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't really match the... Uh, 
the story told in the novel, but regardless, the movie looks awesome, the preview is awesome, it's horrifying, terrifying, and I'm definitely going to watch it. <laughs> comes out June 21st, 2013. Yeah, that, that's, that's one of the ones I'm looking forward to next year. I would like to uh, point out and admit, this is kind of the movie we've ragged on. Uh, for for taking so long and how they had to redo the ending, this trailer looks like it may have been worth it though. Oh, does mm-hmm. so? So I would like to throw that kind of peace offering out there. Everyone, sorry, it may be worth it after all. Anyway, we uh, that is our show for this week. We're sorry. Again, check us out at StolenDroids.com. We want your feedback. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Don't forget to vote for us podcast awards uh, up until the 15th. Um, until next time, though. Cheers. End of file. One to beam up. Good it's game. It's an honor to be nominated.